Has anyone told Ice Cube I'm looking for him? I'm on day nine of a 10-day contract here on 710 ESPN. Cube, I'm looking for you, dog. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Let me tell you, man, I'm, I'm looking for Cube because I, I don't like what's going on out there in the world. There's, there's, just a, there's just too much hate, man. And, you know, I thought when I, when I read what Kareem said, I was like, thank you. All right, good. Let's all get on the same page here. Let's all fight for equality for everybody. Black, white, Jewish, gay, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's all fight for equality, no? And it's like, hey, I want equality, but now I want to beat up on you guys. So I'm looking for Ice Cube. If anybody knows where to find the cube, he can call me. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. By the way, Cube, you'll be calling the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Just wanted to let you know that. Uh, and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I asked this question yesterday, and I want you guys to get in on it. So let me know. I said yesterday, do we need football? Because I heard... Ed Ogeron yesterday say to the vice president of the United States, we need football. Like he's sitting there and he's making this appeal. I'd play it for you, but I'm telling you right now, the audio is no good. And, and the voice of Ogeron, hey, Mr. Vice President, we really need football in this country. If it wasn't for football, this guy wouldn't have been the number one overall pick. That's, that's what he said. That's what he said. And, and it, it's, it's hard to understand because his voice is kind of weird. And then also the audio wasn't very good, but that's what he said. Suffice it to say. Okay. And so, he kept saying, we need, we need football, you know? And I thought to myself, okay, let's, let's all do this together. Let's everybody together. Ask yourself, whoever you may be, do you need football? And I said, okay, I'll start with me because I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Okay. So I'm starting with me. Right. And I'm saying to myself, okay, Scott, do you need football? Hey, you do sports talk radio. Football is a really big driver during the, the fall. You kind of need football when you're on sports talk radio. And by the way, I'm getting a lot of calls this week because broadcasting over the last couple of weeks here in L.A., there's a lot of sports television executives. They work at companies like Fox Sports. They work at companies like the NFL Network, and they're all listening to ESPN, okay? And so they're they're saying to me, dude, we got to get football. Our, we our business depends on football. We got to get football. So guess what? They need football. Okay. And I'm saying to myself, do I need football? Because, okay, you're a sports talk radio host. Kind of need football. Uh, okay. You are a sideline reporter on network radio at NFL football games. You kind of need football. And so I'm putting myself in that. I'm saying, do we need it? I see today that 72 NFL players have tested positive. Now, 72, that is 2.5%. I've done the math in advance so that I didn't have to do it live on the air where I'm like, okay, 3,200 players, 10% is 322, 5%. And I just, believe me, I can't, I, I've bored you with my mathematical inabilities earlier in the week. I've already done the math. 2.5% of the NFL players who have been tested and I don't know exactly how this happens. I can tell you that during the offseason, a lot of times guys are at home. They get a call. They're like, yo, um, hey, we're going to come drug test you. And they drug test them. And guy shows up at your house, gives you the test, takes off. I don't know if that's exactly what's happening or how all of these NFL players are getting these tests. But according to the statistics, 72 NFL players, 2.5% of them tested positive for COVID thus far. Back to the question. Do we need football? 
Do we need football? Do we need our teams? Do we need our sports? Avery Bradley, does he need basketball? I guess not. He, he's put his concentration and his focus into family. He's got real fears, okay? David Price, guess he doesn't need baseball. Um, he got plenty of money. He got a championship ring, not his team, throw into the trade. Um, doesn't really need it right now. You know, doesn't. Kenley Jansen, out, had it, back, needs it. Okay, need, need versus want. Let me have Bergman come on the air here and read to you what J.J. Watt is saying on Twitter, because like I said, he is now very much the de facto face of, of NFL players. He's now the voice. I'm not sure why. I can tell you Tom Brady wants nothing to do with this. Drew Brees is now, you know, he's, he's in total seclusion. I mean, Drew Brees is, is staying out of everything, right? So you can't have Brady. You, you can't have Brees. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anything to do with stuff like this. Um, Russell Wilson is, is busy doing his thing. So who do you got? J.J. Watt is the guy who is now doing a lot of the talking. I don't know that he's officially supposed to be the spokesperson, but I certainly look at him as such. He's on Twitter today, and I'm not hearing need. I'm hearing want. Bergman, can you read it for us? So, yeah, so he starts off just explaining first, and he says that in the interest of having everyone on the same page in terms of what we know and don't know at this time, here are a few things I've learned being on four different NFLPA calls in the last two weeks with hundreds of other players. He said, we want to play. We want to be as safe as possible. We have not received a single valid IDER plan, which is infectious, infections, disease, emergency response from any team or the league. We don't know if there are preseason games or not. We don't know if there will be daily testing, semi-daily pet testing, etc. We don't know how a potential positive COVID test will affect contracts, roster spots, etc. Nothing has been agreed upon regarding what training camp will actually look like and how the ramp-up period will work. We want to play. Yeah, we want to play. Let me tell you something. Um, this is going to get, in my opinion, ugly quickly, and let me tell you why. You know how the baseball players and the players' union was very publicly fighting and spatting and blocking the 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 owners and and both parties really came off looking bad, right? Because let's face it, when the baseball players and the baseball owners were bickering about money, okay, what we now know is there was always this backup plan where the commissioner of baseball could say we're going to play these games. So they let this thing linger in the media and it was very distasteful to many people who were observing why because the country was going through covid the country was going through civil unrest okay and the country was going through the largest unemployment numbers that we've seen since the great depression so what i'm saying to you is is that people were very turned off by this public bickering about money between baseball and the players i'm telling you right now that today on Park Avenue in New York City, you know what they're not talking about? They are not talking about COVID. They are not talking about player safety. Not right now, they're not. Not right now. You know what they're talking about in Roger Goodell's office? What the hell is going on with Daniel Snyder? How did this happen? How did this get out there? Who is the rat? Oh my God, this is total damage control. 
we've got to get a crisis manager here immediately. We're going to have to figure this thing out because the Washington Post is about to blow us up. Right now, the NFL today has a potential massive public relations nightmare on their hands. And you couple that with somebody like J.J. Watt saying, we don't know what the plan is for, for emergency response. We don't know what the plan is for testing. We don't want to play preseason, but we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the deal is. Hey, it's no wonder my man Kevin Demoff yesterday was like, bro, I can't be on the air because I don't know what the deal is and I don't want to say the wrong thing. I can appreciate where you're coming from. But I asked that question yesterday. Do we need it or do we want it? And of all of these sports, let's face it, Bergman, the NFL has been thus far interesting choice of words here, but immune, if you will, to how COVID impacts their league for one reason. They hadn't played yet. Their, their season wasn't ready to kick off. But man, as we start focusing in on late July and training camps opening and then preseason schedule and then regular season in early September and then the opening of SoFi Stadium between the Rams and the Cowboys, as we start zoning in, on the next six to eight weeks, somebody check me on this. But the one league that I thought was immune, the one league that I thought would power through, the one league that I thought really would probably have it together because they'd steamroll and not stop, gosh, the NFL really is starting to look dumb right about now. What do you think? I think that's kind of like the arrogance of the NFL because they are the most popular sport in the country. They are they are the NFL. And instead of kind of looking at what baseball did wrong and what NBA is doing correctly right now and what uh, all those different sports that are all happening ahead of them that are doing things how it's trying to start in all their different ways they don't seem to be doing those things that need to be happened. They're not looking at bubble scenarios like the like the NBA did. They're not looking at the the, the how bad the M, uh, baseball looked because they were having discussions about money at, publicly. They didn't have they were uh, baseball players had no idea what was going on and all these things aren't happening. And the NFL is kind of doing that exact same thing where they're not telling you what's going on. They're just like, "Oh no, we're going to have fans. We are the NFL." We can do whatever we want. And I think that was the wrong way for them to go about it. And so, again, it's just the arrogance of the NFL. Let me tell you, when, when you see that the New England Patriots make an announcement that they are expecting that during the regular season, they'll have 20% capacity. Let me ask you guys a question. Why? Like, like, like are you telling me that the New England Patriots, by way of example, the most successful and the most valuable franchise in the NFL, minus perhaps the Dallas Cowboys or maybe the New York Giants, the most successful franchise in the entire National Football League, desperately needs a third of the crowd because, man, we just can't sustain. We got to have parking. We got to sell beer. We got to sell merch. We cannot live without the fans. And let me tell you that if you're the Rams, as an example, Okay. And, and the, the laws are significantly different, say, in LA than they are in suburban Boston. Okay. So they can have fans there, but we actually can't have fans here because there's no gatherings like this in LA. Why would we ever want to play in a stadium where they can actually have 20,000 people sneezing, coughing, not washing their hands, maybe taking their masks off, not wearing them properly, wearing crappy masks, et cetera? 
Why do we want to be put into that situation? Why shouldn't this be a league mandate? Either yes or no. And by the way, if, if the Rams can't, and if the 49ers can't, then frankly, neither should anybody else around the league. I 100% agree with that. I just now wonder, just thinking about it right now, if you're, let's say you're the Rams and the rules for Los Angeles are that you're not allowed to be in gatherings that large. And if so, you then have to quarantine for a certain amount of days. If you go to, if let's say the Rams had to play the Patriots, which we don't even know what the schedule is going to look like and how they're going to have to travel. Um, but if they have to go to New England and they play and they're playing in front of those 20,000 fans, when they come back to the LA, do they have to go through that quarantine period because they were in a gathering of that large, even though it was outside of the state? Do you want to know the answer to that question? Yeah. Nobody knows. You know why? Yeah. Because nobody knows. This is what J.J. Watt's whole point is. Like, nobody knows. Nobody's telling where is the leadership. And, and football, the NFL, is starting to look like Major League Baseball. Hey, we are bringing guests on today via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And that is some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Okay. So this notion of needing football. You know, I saw somebody on Twitter say to me, um, absolutely not. We don't need it. We want it. And I said, okay. And then the next guy comes and he says, well, tell that to people whose livelihood is impacted by football. And I'm like, hello. I raised my hand. I'm one of those kinds of people. You know, I've already been told by networks, hey, look, we're not going to have sideline reporters at NFL games. They're not going to allow you to hold a microphone, talk into it, and then ask somebody a question and then get them to talk into it and exchange germs. And we can't have you that close to that person because who knows where you've been. This, this is all so open and, and unknown at this moment. But it's starting to look ugly when a leader of the players, a visible, famous, likable, respected, credible player like J.J. Watt is airing out the league saying, we really don't know what's going on. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Okay. Here we go. Got a lot more to get into. Major League Baseball is one week away. And what's it going to look like? What's it going to sound like? Well, all you have to do is watch some of the Dodger preseason games, one of which was played last night. There's lots of coverage. You can see it and you can hear it and decide for yourself if you can actually get into it with nobody there in the stands. I want to get to that and... I'm on alert, man. I'm waiting for two things. One, I'm looking for a phone call from the Cube. Ice Cube, what's up, dog? I mean, seriously, let's stop spreading the hate. Let's you and me do a beautiful thing right now. Okay? African-American brother, Hebrew brother. Let's bring it together, dog. Let's do it. 877-710-3776. 877-710-ESPN. And I'm on alert. Is, is it going to drop before Mason and Ireland take to the airwaves? Are we going to get the real juice out of Washington? I'm on alert. Don't go anywhere. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. It is Thursday afternoon. I say that because you may be like me and you may have lost track of days, times, dates. Seriously, like the, the world is so crazy. And in the last four and a half, five months, you know, when you've been locked up in your place, and you're like, what day is it? What, what, what's, what's today's date? Like, I haven't been outside in a while. Yeah, so I'm just letting you know. just want you to understand. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. 
I've been saying this afternoon that I'm looking for Ice Cube. And I see that somebody posted on my, my app. You know, I've told you a little bit about my app. It's called Sided Debates. And somebody posted, is Scott going to regret calling out Ice Cube? Bergman, am I going to regret this? Because, you know, what, the, what this gentleman is saying is, you know, Sean Merriman wanted to tear my head off at the Super Bowl this past year. And um, he's saying Sean Merriman is not going to come after me. But me calling Ice Cube out on radio on 710 ESPN is, is really not a good situation for me. But I'm, I'm telling it to you like this. I'm trying to bring the love, man. I'm trying to say, look, you tell me, let me tell you. You teach me, let me teach you. Let's come together. Let's stop all the hate. Am I going to regret calling out the Cube? You know, I, I don't think he's going to come after you. I, so, no, oh, in that goodness. sense. Yeah, oh, I don't, God. I don't, I don't, God, I, don't I mean, because this picture, this picture that this you. guy posted, it's like Cube looks like like he's pissed. Like, what was it? Is it 21 Jump Street? Is that the name of the film? That's him and, uh, yeah. what, what's the other guy's name? Uh, it was uh, Channing Tatum. No. And Jonah Hill. No, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Like, yeah. where's Jonah Hill? Hey, Jonah, where are you, dude? Like, like what are you doing today? Um, I mean, Ice Cube's your man. You guys are great in these movies together. I love those movies. But, but dude, I mean, Ice Cube has given me the look that he's given Jonah Hill when he's telling him that he better find out, you know, who's dealing the drugs in the school. And he's got that angry Ice Cube look. And then there's me just looking like, you know, the putts that I am. And I don't want Cube coming after me. I want Cube calling the show saying, dog, let's, let's have this out. You know, why are, why are we still spewing all the hate? I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be one of those white guys in America that wants to help social injustice, equality. I want to learn. I want to understand. I want to be empathetic. I want to be compassionate. Why are you spewing the hate at my people? Let my people go. So is Scott going to regret calling out Ice Cube? And I just tweeted it, and then you can click on it and get into the discussion. Bergman, I hope I'm uh, hope I'm all right, man. Yeah, no, I think I think you're gonna be just fine, Scott. But yeah, it's you know, Ice Cube has been on our station plenty of times, and we are this. This is a very big station for O'Shea Jackson Jr., his son that comes on, and we're all friends with him, and he's been on the shows a lot. So yeah, I I don't think anything's going to happen to you. No, I'm but. a huge fan. But but Cube, I'm a huge fan. I go deep, man. I go back to boys in the hood. Okay. You talk about learning. Like here's me, Mr. Suburban white kid growing up. And I see boys in the hood. And I'm like, I said to my friends, my teammates in college, I'm like, is that really the way it is, dude? And they're like, oh yeah, man. It's like that. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know. I'm learning. You know, excuse me. I'm just going to, you know, right here. Okay. Day 10 question mark for Scott Kaplan, maybe. Yeah. I mean, right. Like it, it, it's, hey, it's day nine of a 10 day contract. I don't need trouble right now. I got to make it through 10 days. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't need this. I don't need that smoke. I mean, I don't want trouble. I want, I want to bring the love, man. I really do. Well, listen, it is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Maybe I should stop saying my name and maybe I should stop giving away my Twitter handle. You know, I mean, I don't need any trouble here. Look, I'm serious. I'm being real serious. I don't understand when I see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and I just saw what was going on here on ESPN, you know, one of the daytime shows, they, they were showing old black and white videos and, and pictures from when um, all of these great African-American athletes met in Cleveland. This is back in like the late sixties, early seventies. I'd have to go back and give you the exact date when Jim Brown 
brought together the greatest collection of influential African-American athletes for a summit in Cleveland, Ohio, so that all of these dudes could listen to Muhammad Ali explain why he did not want to go and fight in Vietnam. And these guys were judge and jury. And when, when Muhammad Ali built his case, they all came walking out and they said, look, and I'm talking, you can go back and, and we can research it for you, but I'm, it's Kareem, it's Jim Brown, it's Bill Russell. I mean, it, it's, it's whoever were the, the major, major superstars, right? And, and they came out and they said, we believe in Muhammad Ali. We back Muhammad Ali. You know, they're showing how long Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been politically active and deeply involved and philanthropic and, and having strong opinions. And when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar comes out and says, yo, layoff, man, like where is everybody to respond in the world of sports to all this anti-Semitic talk? Yo, everybody lay off. And then Cube winds up calling out Kareem like, like, man, and the way I read it is like, man, they just bought you off kind of thing. I'm like, Cube, come on, man. Can't we all, can't we all start the healing process together why have we gone from let's all support black lives matter to now let's all beat up on another group and i think that's what kareem is saying it's like hey you don't like it so why why should they i saw this confederate flag it disgusts me flying over this this nascar racetrack last night in tennessee disgusting okay we we've made a decision okay and i say we um you got to abide by it that's offensive to a lot of people Okay, it is really, really offensive. Oh, by the way, that was the losing side. Why are you still holding on to that 150 years later, dude? But I'm telling you right now, I would love to chat with Ice Cube and say, man, you tell me what you think. Let me tell you what I think. Let's be respectful to one another. Okay, let's let's have open, honest, real dialogue and let's start working on it. That's what I'd like to do. Okay, I mentioned earlier today that I was watching some of the Dodgers preseason action that's being played inside Dodger Stadium yesterday evening. Bergman, you watching any of this, dude? The Dodger stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. I try and watch it because I love the crowd noise. I, uh, look, I, like, I want to see how my team is doing right now. I know none of this means anything or matters in any sense, but it's still good to actually see some baseball being played, however it is, even if they're playing against each other. So for me... I'm kind of one of these people that looks at it and, and the, the baseball doesn't bother me so much. It doesn't really matter to me so much. You know, I, I see Yankee highlights and I go, Oh, look, Aaron judge. And I go, Oh, look, John Carlos Stanton. I go, okay, those are baseball players. Those guys look like baseball players. They're hitting the ball. They're hitting home runs. Um, that's what baseball looks like for me. I'm so interested in the sound and the feel, because here's what I was trying to figure out from the very beginning. When we started to hear how different sports would look and that games would be played without fans in the stands, the first thought I had was, oh man, as a TV viewer, that probably is going to impact me sitting at home. But I love what baseball is attempting to do, which is to pipe in sounds from the game. So even watching the Dodgers last night, he's like, do, 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 Da, bing, bong, boom, bing. So, by the way, that's my organ. That's that's what you got, Bergman. That 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 is my organ. <laughs> Wait, is that a problem, <laughs> Bronny? That bad? Save oh. it for the next segment, Bronny. Save oh. it for the next segment. Jeez. Ba -da 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 -da. Bing. I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm giving you my organ. That's what I'm giving you. I mean, I um, know that an organ sounded like bing, bong, boom, bing, bing. <laughs> well, I'm trying to give you higher octaves as I go up. You see what I'm gotcha. saying? the words it's the words ah i understand well i think the point i'm trying to make is 
What's what's different? I mean, what, what not is a lot. Well, I mean, what I did versus what what Brawny's doing. I've got okay. some real technical production back here. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the thing is, when you have the crowd noise and you play the organ and you hear it like there's 50,000 people in the stadium, even though there aren't any and they may all be cardboard cutouts for $300 out in the outfield, I'm telling you, you're going to watch this stuff, even for someone like me who thought, nah, man, make the, no energy. You know, it's not going to be the same. The announcers are going to hear this in their ears, and they're going to all broadcast as if there's 60,000 in the stadium. And players are going to celebrate when they hit home runs or score touchdowns. I'm starting to think that we, the viewer, will not really feel the impact of there not being anybody in the stands. What do you think? No, I'm in total agreement with you. And now, so I wonder what, how you think about this. So Anthony Rendon, God, I don't even know. It was probably like a week ago that he said that he thought that it was dumb and that he'd rather listen to music during all this. And so do you think it's what's more important in this situation for the viewer at home to have the right kind of experience and to listen to, to, to when we're watching it, having an enjoyable experience for us? Or is it better for the players themselves to be having like music and having everything playing there? What's no, more important? No, no. The, the, the more important today in this year, in this world, and particularly in this baseball season, the more important person here in this relationship is the fan. You have to give the fan an entertaining experience. By the way, the fan may find out that this fake crowd noise doesn't work. But I think if you watch this KBO baseball, which I know nobody does, but if you did, I think you would find that it adds a sound that makes you feel like you're accustomed to watching. I'm watching these European soccer games, not because I'm the world's biggest soccer fan, just because I turn on ESPN and that's what's on. There's nobody in there. And I actually like hearing the players on the field. I don't know what they're saying. Okay. Pizza, ices. I don't know what they're saying, but, but they're talking. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. I'd like to hear that. That's why the NBA stuff. I mean, I hope especially early on. Don't pipe in a whole bunch of fake noise. Let me hear these guys. Let me hear them chat. Let me hear the sneakers scratch. Let me hear LeBron talk during the game that I don't normally hear. So I'm excited, though, to see it all happen because I'll tell you right now, I think if you're the NFL, you've got to be looking at Major League Baseball, and it's one week away today now from Major League Baseball's opening day. Oh, that's so exciting. Dodgers, Giants, let's go. I'm excited for that. Four games against the Giants, and then I'm excited for let's get it in Houston. Let's go see what happens there. That's some straight talk. And you know uh, about covering your bases in baseball, right? Making sure you have no holes in your defense. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. And you'll pay up to 50% less than big carriers and still use their networks. It's just 45 bucks a month. It gets you an unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. No contract, no mystery fees, fully covering your bases for 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. All right, coming up, let me have Bergman and Brawny do what they do. Pick apart this radio broadcast. We have been live for two hours and 27 minutes. There have probably been mistakes made. There have probably been some weak takes. There have probably been some singing performances that will get criticized. Let's find out what these guys got. The report card coming up. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I've been waiting to see what's going to go down, nationally speaking, with the team formerly known as the Washington Red You Know Whats, 
Everybody's waiting for the bomb to go. And all the rumors and speculation are salacious and they're sexy and they're sensational and I'm nosy and I want to know what's going on. And I've been waiting all day and it hasn't dropped yet. Just has not dropped. I've also been inviting Ice Cube over the airwaves to come on. Please, dude. 877-710-3776. Cube, I'm waiting for you, man. Maybe we should do it tomorrow, Cube. It's all this uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stuff. So, you know, I've been talking about it as the day's gone on. Um, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance and guests today on ESPN Radio appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Judd Bushler was awesome earlier today. Here's a guy who was a, a an assistant coach under Luke Walton for the Lakers. He knows a lot of these young guys on this roster because he coached them in the summer league, helped them grow up through the G League. Uh, he's a three-time NBA champion, and I'll tell you right now, he said, I don't have all the answers, but I got a lot of strong opinions. You should definitely go back and check that interview with Judd Bushler. Earlier today, you can find it on the ESPN app. Okay, here they are. Here's Bergman and Brawny to tear apart today's broadcast. Gentlemen. All right, so it's nothing that big, but it was funny. Just a, a couple segments ago, you were doing math. Mm-hmm. And in your math, you said, oh, look, I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you the details of how I did everything. Mm-hmm. Here is the numbers that it is. And then you went forward and said, so this is how I did it all. And you did the math anyway on the air after saying that you weren't going to do the math on the air. So, <laughs> But wait, hold on. Let me, let me at least defend myself. You ready? I mean, go ahead. Okay. All right. Look, all you want. Look, I, listen, let me ask you. Doing math is hard for me, okay? I don't know about you guys. Doing math is hard for me. And it's hard for me to do it in my head. And I got to be honest, it's even harder for me to do it on a calculator. Don't ask me why. I always try and break things down by 10%. So if you tell me that there are 3,700 players in the NFL, then I got to start thinking 10% is 370, 5% is half of that, which now is going to give me, that's maybe, is that a hundred, I don't know, 135? No, 100. And, okay. See, this is the problem. <laughs> see, and so what I was, trying, I was trying to spare you all of that. Um, so I had already worked it out that it was two and a half percent of NFL players that have been tested have tested positive. So you're right. I did. You're right. That's fair. I'll buy that. That's it. Ronnie. Well, yep. that's it. Yeah, that's the one I got for you. That's that's all you got. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, because uh, you listened to me yesterday about blowing up the clock. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, like a lot of your takes, I was, uh, I was, I was in agreement with. I mean, so no, we we hit on things that we talked about in the morning, like you didn't yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I was fine. All right, all right, very good, uh, Brawny. What 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 sort of issues might you have? You come at this from a different angle. Yes. Okay. So of course I'm gonna touch on this right away since it just happened. Come on, sing it with me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got it. Uh, uh, Scott, unfortunately, you're not as good as the real thing. I I can buy that. I mean, you know, I'm not known for my organ impressions. I just was trying to set the scene for you. You know, and, and I just decided for some reason to to become a, an organ, you know. Well, and then also, I'm not going to let this go. We're in day nine of a 10-day contract. We have one more day to do this. So starting tomorrow, I am going to pelt you with songs from Hamilton all show long until you give us your review. This is completely fair criticism uh, for the better part now of nine full days on a 10-day contract. I have warned you that I'm going to give you my Hamilton review, and here's the issue. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I was talking about it from day one. It's like, okay, Disney Plus, 
I got it. I figured it all out. I'm good. I'm tech savvy. I'm cool. I'm millennial. I got it. I got to see Hamilton. It's free. It's available. And I still haven't seen it. And I've been thinking to myself, I have to see. If I go on to tomorrow's show and I have not seen this, an American phenomenon with no sports. There ain't no Laker game tonight. There ain't no Dodger game tonight. There are no sports to say, well, I had to watch the game. There's really no excuse. I plan on giving you my review of Hamilton tomorrow. And by the way, I have a very um, experienced and I would say better than novice uh, opinion about Broadway musicals. I mean, you name it. I think I've pretty much seen it. And so I will give you my real review of Hamilton tomorrow. Although I don't know that, that watching it on TV, on a TV monitor, could ever really do what the live theater can do. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I still can't so, believe this whole thing started because you enraged my inner nerd by saying that you didn't know the name of Star Wars. Oh, like, that's, that's where this, how all this whole thing started. It's, it's where it all began. That's exactly so you right. say, so you say, you know, Broadway musicals pretty well. That's right. You got it. Now the guy that's coming up next mm -hmm. knows Broadway musicals better than any person I have ever this heard in my life. Mm -hmm. So do you think that you can out Broadway John Ireland? I would say um, no, but I would also say this. You know, I love Broadway shows. I love them on Broadway. I love them off Broadway. I love live performance, be it rock bands, stand-up comedians, or Broadway-type shows. I've seen my very fair share from, you know, I'm talking the big stuff like the Lion King, Wicked, uh, I mean, all, you know, Mama Mia, these kinds of shows. I've not seen Hamilton. He can sit, he, John Ireland will, if you ask him to, he knows every word to every song in Sound of Music. And he's been, he's seen it plenty of times. So, you got it's it's a it's a heavy place for you to try and go to there by saying well, how I'm, big I'm you are. Well, I'm I'm trying to explain to you that I have been there, done that, seen them, been up close and personal, been there live, and I've got a pretty astute eye for the theater. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. It ain't game day, but you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken, our fan favorite with the new campfire flavor, plus mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Church's bringing that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Okay. Brawny, um, I will meet that challenge tomorrow, and I will review, will review Hamilton. Now, I got to say, by tomorrow, by tomorrow, this whole Washington story goes kaboom. That's my expectation. And I think that by tomorrow, this will be a big focus because when the NFL gets embarrassed, like what the reports say are coming, this is going to be a monster explosive story. Let's get to crosstalk with Mason in Ireland next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Let's bring it on. Well, it's happening. I've been waiting here for three hours. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I got Mason in Ireland crosstalking, but been sitting here waiting for three hours for this Washington Post article to drop and it finally has and i don't know what my deal is like i'm clicking on it and i can't get to it and then i've got my computer and it says i need to subscribe are you guys getting this article yeah i'm getting it mace, i am a subscriber mace, mace give us the uh give us the the highlights or lowlights as, as it were uh more than a dozen women alleged sexual harassment and verbal abuse by former team employees at redskins park uh they cite one particular uh woman named emily applegate uh she said that uh, a former chief operating officer called her effing stupid 
then requested she wear a tight dress for a meeting with clients so the men in the room would have something to look at. Um, they cried about a wealthy sweet holder who grabbed her friend's backside during a game, and there was indifference on the part of team executives. She's one of 15 former female Redskin employees who told the Washington Post they were sexually harassed. The other 14 spoke on the condition of anonymity, citing a fear of litigation as some signed non-disclosure agreements with the team that threaten legal retribution if they speak negatively about the club. Uh, Daniel Snyder has turned down multiple requests for interviews. Uh, so it appears that this is a sexual harassment uh, situation where as, where as many as 15 women are involved along with uh, team executives. Okay, so at any point, does it implicate Snyder, or is it just associates of his? In other words, is there a Jerry Richardson link, as far as you can tell? Um, not what I've read so far. Um, Michael, uh, is it Larry Michael? Yeah, Larry Michael. He. I was talking about this earlier, Steve. Do you know Larry? I, I've met him, yeah. Yeah, Larry Michael retired yesterday and retire you don't retire john would you retire from the lakers job i mean no i you ride that wave until they kick you off of course and so for a guy who's in his early 60s or maybe even he's in late 50s who has this this dream job of his to retire is like saying i better jump ship before well, i'm guilty it, by association the, pro the problem is it's not even by association um seven former employees say that michael routinely discussed the physical appearance of female colleagues in sexual and disparaging overturns. In 2018, he was caught on a hot mic speaking about the attractiveness of a college-aged intern, according to six former employees who heard the recording. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> when I say um, retire because you don't want to be guilty by association, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, how many times have I been somewhere and I, you know, at a Super Bowl and seen him and thought, okay, on here, um, he is retiring. You don't give up this job. Uh oh, he could be in the middle of or a part of this. Oh man, this is gonna um, be ugly. Now, what what will be interesting, and, and Mace will talk about it throughout the show. Yeah. is that is this enough to to rise to the level of? In the case of Donald No Sterling, woman accused Snyder or former longtime team president Bruce Allen of inappropriate behavior okay, with women. Okay, so there it is. But they, they expressed skepticism. The men were unaware of the behavior they alleged. But what I would mm -hmm. compare this to is the Dallas Mavericks-Mark Dallas Cuban Mavericks, situation. exactly. Yep. Uh, Mark was able to insulate himself from that, and maybe he was completely insulated, but for whatever reason... That sentence that you just read, Mace, is is critical because Bruce Allen is no longer with the team. Uh, but Dan Snyder, if he is not being accused by anybody, the the what I will now predict is the words internal investigation will come up within the next half an hour. <laughs> they will launch a quote unquote internal, internal investigation. Yeah. Now, and, here's and, Snyder. Snyder was is accused of acting improperly is not accused of acting improperly with women. Uh, but they blamed him for an understaffed human resources department and what they viewed as soft, a sophomoric 
culture of verbal abuse among top executives, and they believed played a role in how those executives treated their employees. Snyder routinely belittled top executives, according to three former uh, members of his executive staff, perhaps most intensely. Uh, the former sales executive, uh, last name Green, whom Snyder mocked for having been a male cheer- cheerleader in college. After one executive staff meeting, according to one former employee, Grease- Green said Snyder had ordered him to do cartwheels for their entertainment. Uh, Julia Payne, <laughs> former assistant oh press secretary in the Clinton administration, served as VP communications uh, for the uh, for the uh, Redskins. She says, I've never been in a more hostile, manipulative, passive-aggressive environment, and I worked in politics. Hmm. Uh, it, this is obviously not good, but if we're cutting to the chase, um, what I think will happen is very similar to what happened with the Mavericks. The Mavericks were run by uh, what Mark Cuban described as a rogue CEO, a rogue president that he hired, that Mark hired, that he claims allowed the whole thing to, to go rotten to the core. And Mark immediately went out and hired uh, a different executive. It was a, um, a, a Cynthia Marshall, Cynthia Marshall, yep. who um, I... I I would need to look this up, but I believe she was the CEO of one of the uh, telephone companies in town, like Verizon or you know something like that. And she came in, and within a couple of months, people were saying that she she had eliminated the problem, and now they're looked at as an example of how you handle it if you get accused of something like this. So look for ways in in the next, I would say, forty eight hours you're going to see that comparison that Daniel Snyder is now going to have to clean house. Sounds like Scott, the guy you mentioned the radio or the play-by-play guy and, and makes you mention two others, uh, scout type uh, football operations guys have already been kicked out. They're now going to clean house and look for a new CEO to come in and Snyder will lay low for a while. That's what I think. This, that's how see, I think this will go down. But, but the difference is, can we agree that the difference between Daniel Snyder, who has been, a very unlikable face of defiance and a lack of sympathy or, or, or you know, uh, any other feeling of compassion. Daniel Snyder is looked at in one way, and Mark Cuban is looked at in a very different way. Mark Cuban is a very... Body, body of work matters. You're right, Scott. Right, right. He's a very popular, likable... Um, you know, successful guy, whereas Snyder has always come off to many people as an arrogant jerk. I just wonder if you're the NFL owners and you could force his sale and sell that franchise to somebody for call it 3.8 or $4 billion. You know, all these franchises go through the roof as, as the next one is sold. That's, that's one of the gems compared to say the Carolina Panthers at 2.4 billion. I'm of the opinion that they're going to push him out, John. I, I really am. I, I am. I am too. I, I think he's, and and this is where you start to think about things like a lack of institutional control. Um, that's it, the phrase, right? It's a it, it's a toxic culture. Uh, this woman says it was the most miserable experience of my life, and we all tolerated it because we knew if we complained and they reminded us of this, there were 1,000 people out there who would take our job in a heartbeat. Well, that's the old Hollywood line. 
actresses, Mace, you know a little about this, uh, actresses who came up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, this is the old line about the casting couch. Right. That these women were forced to do things and made uncomfortable right up until the Harvey Weinstein Me Too movement. Um, that you, you can find examples from this century um, of women being treated horribly by, by people like Weinstein. And that's where, Scott, you may turn out to be right if they can link Dan Snyder to a Weinstein-type um, you know, operation. But the problem is, guys, Scott, you mentioned that they're going to force him out. The owners don't dislike Dan Snyder. Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder are tight. Um, the, the fans dislike Dan Snyder. But the owners don't. So you're asking them to turn on their own. I, I maintain that Donald Sterling gave the NBA owners no choice. And right. even then, Mark Cuban said, I'm not sure we should be doing this because it sets a bad precedent. Here's one uh, female employee who was with the company for a long time. She said, there is no HR. There was never a reporting process, nor was one explained to new employees about how you should report uh, something. So there was no HR department. That's not that's not uncommon. Um, no HR department in a well, big organization. Well, what what some companies do, including ours, including ESPN LA, we do not have a human resources person on site. We have an right, HR but we department. have a human resources so, department so for maybe, the company. Right, but maybe the NFL just said if you have an HR complaint, file it with the league office. That that would be their way around that. Um, a lot of companies have HR off site, including ours. Um, but it would be weird. But there was no reporting process. They weren't told, hey, here's how you uh, report if something's going on. They were not given a reporting process. Hmm. They were given no one to call. Yeah, it, uh, the, the key thing that's sticking with me, and we'll see what happens over the next few days, is that Snyder and Bruce Allen were not accused of, of, uh, of that type of behavior. But who knows? Maybe Snyder, like you said something, Scott. Maybe Snyder... You know, he has enough money. He doesn't need the money. Maybe he just gets out. Maybe Well, just- the minority partners uh, have already hired a an investment, investment bank, bank yeah. to handle the sale of their shares in the company. So the minority owners are bailing on Dan Snyder. I know what you're saying about how, how the NBA owners were left really with no choice, but the NFL owners, and to your point about not wanting to feed on one of their own, in this environment, even though these guys think that they're rich and, 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 and like insulated from all of this, at some point between the racism that, that Snyder has defiantly said, I'm not going to change that, and now into, to Steve's phrase, lack of institutional control, like it's the University of Miami back in the late 80s, right? Um, all of these factors, body of work, to your point, John, all of these factors could lead the NFL owners to say, guys, this is a business decision. We can sell this franchise for a whole lot of money and watch everybody else's franchise go up. Well, here's Scott, to your point, they turned on Jerry Richardson. Yeah. They, but, but Richardson was directly accused of the one putting his hands on the women. Mm-hmm. But they got rid of him and quick. They turned on him and he was gone in less than a year. So it, it very well could go the way you're suggesting. A reporter who covered the team for the Washington Times uh, says that she was harassed. Uh, she was told she had a great ass for a little white girl. Hmm. The general sentiment was that I should wear less clothing. Her nickname, uh, her name is uh, Prince uh, Nora Princiati, uh, and she was regularly called by staff 
Princey Hottie. Uh, it was gross and just a terrible pun. There was an overwhelming sense that no one would ever do anything about this stuff. By the way, can you imagine, um, do you think that these guys in their minds at the time, they're like, oh my God, what I'm saying to her is so bad, and if one day she ever comes back, I'm in so much trouble? Or do you think these guys were like, that's the way it is, man, locker room, that's the well, way it is. Well, Scott, you know what? The What you just described is how they felt about the nickname for a long time. They all felt like Daniel Snyder will never change it. He said, over my dead body, I'll never change it. So maybe the sentiment and the tide is so against Snyder that he can't win this. Been waiting for this thing to drop all day. It finally happens. You guys got it. Have a great show. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. Thanks to everybody who's been producing. We'll be back for day 10 of this 10-day contract tomorrow. We hope. You know how it goes, Ireland, right? I mean, You'll be some, here. You'll be here tomorrow. We're, okay. lobbying, never know. we're okay. lobbying, Scott, for you to be here past tomorrow. But as Mason and I have learned, especially over the past few years, we have, no power. We have zero pull. <laughs> they just yeah. put us wherever they, wherever they want to. Hey, John, how was the birthday yesterday? Good. Thank you. It was really fun. And, uh, and boy, uh, it might, like I said to you guys yesterday, um, that now our family, my family, I have, I'm married and I have a son. Our birthdays are all spread out throughout the year. My son's birthday is in December. He said, is my birthday going to be COVID affected? <laughs> and that's what I'm hoping isn't. I hope that by December we, we have some better news. So keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, right on. Well, you guys have a great show. I can't wait for International Phone Call Day. Yeah, um, yeah, good, I'm excited Good day about for it. it now. Yeah, really. <laughs> hey, until tomorrow, this is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Peace.